Welcome to Emily Rose Meditations. I'm your host, Emily, and today we'll be engaging Julian of Norwich to help us recall what is within our control and power. This is the 32nd chapter of Julian of Norwich's long text entitled Revelations of Divine Love. Take a deep breath, and wherever you are, let your shoulders relax, let your attention settle, and I invite you to open your heart to these words. At one time, our good Lord said, all manner of things shall be well. And at another time, he said, you shall see for yourself that all manner of things shall be well. And the soul understood these two sayings differently. On the one hand, he wants us to know that he does not only concern himself with great and noble things, but also with small, humble, and simple things, with both one and the other. And this is what he means when he says, all manner of things shall be well. For he wants us to know that the smallest thing shall not be forgotten. But another thing understood is this. Deeds are done which appear so evil to us, and people suffer such terrible evils, that it does not seem as though any good will ever come of them. And we consider this, sorrowing and grieving over it, so that we cannot find peace in our blessed contemplation of God, as we should do. And this is why. Our reasoning powers are so blind now so humble and so simple, that we cannot know the high, marvelous wisdom, the might and the goodness of the Holy Trinity. And this is what he means where he says, you shall see for yourself that all manner of things shall be well. As if he said, pay attention to this now, faithfully and confidently. And at the end of time, you will truly see it in the fullness of joy. And thus I understand the five sayings mentioned above, I may make all things well, etc., as a powerful and comforting pledge for all the works of our Lord God, which are to come. It appears to me that there is a deed which the Holy Trinity shall do on the last day, And when that deed shall be done, and how it shall be done, is unknown to all creatures under Christ, and shall be until it has been done. And he wants us to know this, because he wants us to feel more ease in our souls, and more at peace in love, rejoicing in him, and no longer considering all the tumults which might keep us from the truth. This is the great deed ordained by our Lord God from eternity, treasured up and hidden in his blessed breast, only known to himself, and by this deed he shall make all things well. For just as the Holy Trinity made all things from nothing, so the Holy Trinity shall make all well that is not well. And I wondered greatly at this revelation, and considered our faith— Wondering as follows, our faith is grounded in God's word, and it is part of our faith that we should believe that God's word will be kept in all things. And one point of our faith is that many shall be damned, 
like the angels who fell out of heaven from pride, who now are fiends, and men on earth who die outside the faith of holy church, that is, those who are heathens, and also any man who has received Christianity and lives an unchristian life and so dies excluded from the love of God, Holy Church teaches me to believe that all these shall be condemned everlastingly to hell. And given all this, I thought it impossible that all manner of things should be well, as our Lord revealed at this time. And I received no other answer in showing from our Lord God but this. What is impossible to you is not impossible to me. I shall keep my word in all things and shall make all things well. Thus, I was taught by the grace of God that I should steadfastly remain in the faith, as I had previously understood, and at the same time that I should firmly believe that all things should be well as our Lord God revealed on the same occasion. For this is the great deed that our Lord God shall do the deed by which he will keep his word in all things and shall make all well that is not well. And how the deed shall be done, there is no creature under Christ that knows or shall know until it is done, so far as I understood our Lord's meaning at this time. We're drawn back to the very beginning again. God asks, Do you trust me? And what do we so often show with our worries and our anxieties, our backup plans and our looking over our shoulders, but that we aren't sure if we can trust God? Just like Adam and Eve in the garden who weren't sure if they could trust what God had said, just like Lot's wife who looked back, just like Abraham and Sarah, who had Hagar and Ishmael as backup plans. We see evil. We see the train wreck. We cannot see any way out. We cannot imagine how all this mess could possibly be made right in the end. We cannot find it in ourselves to trust. We're asked to remember and to admit that we have less power than we often imagine that we possess. We're goaded by circumstances to recall that we do not have as much control as we so often think. What's left for us is always the question of whether we trust the one who does hold all the power, who is in control. Thank you for joining me today. The peace of Christ be with you.